Today, cop gives black man directions on in Harlem. <laughs> Hey there, this is WBEZ's It's All True podcast, powered by America's second favorite source for fake news, thewhiskeyjournal.com. I'm your host, Tim Barnes, and you just heard a fake news headline from comedian Will Miles. In each episode, I chat with an awesome guest and then ask him to reveal a headline for a funny, personal, true story. This week, I sit down with comedian Dwayne Kennedy. We discuss his work ethic. I won't say I'm not tenacious, but... It's easy for me to quit stuff. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know, some kids say, like, I never quit. Oh, man, I quit so many times, I can't remember. And even our mutual irrational fear of performing in front of quote-unquote urban rooms. You know, sometimes, you know, black folks can be harsh. Tim, I don't know if you've heard. <laughs> yeah. You know. All of this plus his headline coming up. But first, let's listen to him in action. Here's Dwayne Kennedy's guide for dealing with the police. Step one, don't deal with the police. <laughs> Avoid the police at all times. Avoid looking at the police. Avoid thinking about the police. Don't even associate with people who listen to the band police. <laughs> Step two, do not run away from the police. <laughs> Running away from the police will make the police think that you are guilty of something. And then they will shoot you. <laughs> Step three, do not run toward the police. <laughs> Running toward the police will make the police think that you're not afraid of them at all, which will make them afraid of you, and then they will shoot you. <laughs> Step four. Do not run perpendicular to the police. <laughs> you know, like this. I don't even know what this means, but I'm pretty sure if the police saw you doing it, they would shoot you. <laughs> That was Dwayne Kennedy on the FX program Totally Biased with W. Kamau Bell. Dwayne famously hates technology, and it's pretty difficult getting any sort of information about him. Before the interview, he had a mysterious, almost mystical status in my mind, like Gandalf or, or Doctor Who. So I started off trying to get a gauge on when he started pursuing comedy. Um, let me see. Eisenhower was in office, so I used to... No, uh, this was like 85. Okay. Yeah, so 86, so, something like that. To put yeah. us in perspective, I was born in 89. I know, man. <laughs> hey, that's, why, that's why you brought me down here. How can I make Dwayne feel old to his face? <laughs> you know, I've tried to insult him on Facebook, but he never reaches out. So I'll just bring him on down here. <laughs> Tell me, sir, was there comedy when you used to do comedy? <laughs> but are you from Chicago? Mm-hmm. Oh, what part of Chicago? Born at University of Chicago, lived on the South Side. Parents got divorced, moved out to University Park, then came back to Chicago, and you know, now I'm here, Tim. <laughs> Summertime in Chicago is beautiful. Only thing I hate about summer in Chicago: white folks with tans. <laughs> hey, I'm almost as dark as you. <laughs> See me in October. Although that's not really true, because white folks got tanning boots, right? right? They can stay dark all year round, right? I wish they had that for black people, man. You know, like whitening boots, you know what I mean? Just, you know, just go in and get a little whiter, you know what I mean? Like, uh, turn it up to 12, I'm trying to get a job. 
I love comedy, man, and I uh, would I'll be I would be fascinated just how uh, somebody could just stand there and say things and elicit laughter. <laughs> you know, yeah, that was like it was magical, more <laughs> magical than magic. You know, because um, you know, or, or even I mean, you know, you love all the art forms and music, of course. But man, when I was a kid, I remember wanting to do that. And who are the people who inspired you? Well, just the you know the same people like. In a, of my generation, Pryor and Carlin and Klein and, you know, Bill Cosby, you know, uh, yes. <laughs> a, yeah, yeah I've, I've been feeling weird bringing him up in conversation, too. It's just like. Oh, well, yeah. right, because he's both iconic and perhaps a felon. <laughs> yeah. I don't know where you get these people from. Sometimes I think it's drugs. <laughs> it's got to be drugs because people on pure air don't worry about things like that. You know, the drugs, the drugs, I, I, really think, I think drugs make people, you know, they get like. Well, something I've noticed in your style and, and even uh, Bill Cosby and even Richard Pryor is that you take your time when you approach the mic. Oh, uh-huh. Like well, you take your time to let the, the audience get settled with you and then you, then you start going. And it's kind of conversational. Yeah, I try to make it conversational because I, I feel like that way. I have a better chance of making you laugh if you don't think it's an act. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Because now there's, there's less scrutiny. Yeah. Do you know? If it just seems spontaneous. When I first started, I was I was more up, up, up and, and energetic. But truly, the only reason I became more kind of laconic and kind of like uh, laid back was because I couldn't remember my act. <laughs> really? Yeah. So you'd get up there. I, I, I can't imagine you write a set list. Do you, do oh, you do man, that yeah, you yeah, okay. you have a set list. A lot of it, when I first started, because, man, when I first started, oh, boy. I mean, I had everything written down. <laughs> I, I, I wrote my act, and I had stuff written down to the ahems and the uh-hums <laughs> and the what else's are going ons. You know, I mean, I had everything written, you know, diagrammed and mapped out, and I was on script. And, you know, more, you know. Because you don't know. You're kind of, kind of giving yourself a map and, you know, just you, you're giving yourself um, some, uh, uh, um, what is it, ballast, you know, whatever. So, but then as you get more comfortable on stage or you, I, I remember the first time I ever just said, you know what, what, what would happen if I just went up there and didn't have an act? What's the difference from what you projected for yourself at the time when you started to what you've realized now or have your goals sort of changed yeah my goal now is to make money <laughs> you know i wish that had been in retrospect you know i wish i had laid out a better plan for myself <laughs> my when i first started my only goal and take this from me tim as a cautionary tale my only goal was to do stand-up comedy on television once, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like I said, in hindsight, uh, you know, perhaps I could have been a bit more, you know, um, more specific yeah, more, or just a bit more thorough and, you know, long ranging with my, you know, <laughs> good, good friends. My, my friend uh, Lance Crowther and Ali Leroy and Tim Miller, they were in a, I had a group called Mary Wong. You know, three brothers from the South Side. It was it was a rotating group. It was like Parliament Funkadelic, man. They had <laughs> cats in and out. And was this an improv group or was this no? A they band? were sketch comedy. Oh, sketch comedy. And they would kill you if you called them improv. That was <laughs> they didn't play that. You know, these cats were great though, man. Funny and different, so different that I mean, you know, I don't want to be all you know. Sometimes 
people in the show business taking themselves away. They were ahead of their time, Tim. <laughs> they were working on the uh, cures for everything. <laughs> they were key and peel for key yeah, and peel. yeah, but yeah. yeah, in some ways, man. And they were they were hilarious. And when I was out of comedy, still recovering from that time I bombed, you know, <laughs> when I was getting over my psychological devastation, I would still go around and watch stand up. And uh, one time they used to have there was a up on Russian Division there was a hula hands. Might still be there. I don't know. Doesn't matter. But they, you know, a lot of these bars would have, you know, one comedy night. And I went up there to see them. I went up there to see comedy and they were there. But when I started going up at the comedy cottage, they were there. And that's how we all met. Lance went out to New York first. Lance also did stand up in addition to, you know, working with the group. But he'd come back to work with the group. They do colleges, this and that. And we'd talk. And he came back, you know, he came back from New York one time. He said, man, you got to you got to come out to New York, man. He's got man, funny cats out there, man. Some, You know, he was talking about these new cats he had met. Chris Rock. Oh, man, it's a cat named Chris. Man. And that, that was fun. a new name to you. Yeah, yeah. And that was a new name. That was a new name to me and a no name to most everybody else. You know. Uh, yeah, Chris, man, Adam Sandler. You know, he knew, these, you know, man, it was funny. You, know, you got to come to New York. Nah, man, I don't know. So, you know, as he get closer to him having to leave with the group, man, you should really come to New York, Dwayne. Nah, man. So I think the last day he called me, I don't know, night before, day of, I can't remember. Hey, man, we're going, we're going man. I think it might have been day of, man. We're leaving, man. We, we sh- you should come with us, man. Ah, no, nah, but hey, hey, have a safe trip, though, brother, man. I, you know, see when we get back. <laughs> Fine. So I'm at the crib, laying on the bed, staring at the ceiling. <laughs> Knock at the door. Lance, hey man, because they now they're on their way out of town. <laughs> the whole group is in the ride. Hey man, come on man, come on man. What you, what you, you might as well come, man. <laughs> hey, you know what? Yeah, I might as well come. <laughs> so Tim, I literally, I don't know, I don't know. I maybe I have a fascination with this. I literally threw some clothes in a sheet. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Hobo style, hey, brother. Cartoon, yeah. yeah, yeah, literally. <laughs> I, lo- I was looking for a stick to tie the sheet to, but I, I didn't have that part. You know what I mean? And an and a empty uh, 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 train to jump on, flat car, but that, you know, yeah. uh, box car, I should say. <laughs> you know, I, I couldn't carry the, 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 the stereotype out that far, but yeah. So I literally <laughs> threw some clothes and a sheet, threw them in the trunk, and we rolled, man. And so we were on our way to New York. And again, now I want to. My thing is to do stand-up on TV. That's my goal. <laughs> and then I'm done. Yeah. What am I going to do after that? I don't know. I don't know, Tim. Haven't thought out that far, brother. You know, if things work out, I'll be dead by then and a, and a legend. You know, I've seen that. See, that works for people. You know, I'll get that a shot. Huh? But uh, they have uh, auditions for Showtime at the Apollo going on. Okay, I'm auditioning for that. So I auditioned, and I passed as an amateur. I said, yeah. And so they said, you passed. I said, no, I don't want to go on as an amateur. I don't want to do that. Okay, so they did have said, well, okay, we're having audition for professional comedians. It's just a book spot. It's not an amateur. You know, we just a featured comedian. So I auditioned there, get a call, I don't know, a day later. Say, hey, man, what are you doing Saturday? Because this might have been a Tuesday, Wednesday. I can't remember exactly. It was, what are you doing Saturday? I'm doing anything. Well, come on down, do the show. You pass the audition. Oh, man, great. So I was like, well, okay. I'm, and as I went and I did this, did the show, uh, and that was my first time doing stand-up on TV, doing Showtime at the Apollo. So, so that, did that lead to you doing Letterman and Conan and all that? Well, this that's a uh, no. 
Okay. That was a, a different time because I've, I've started and stopped many times. Oh, really? Yeah. How, but how many times can you? Like at least three. Okay. Yeah, where I've like, like uh, there's been cycles where stuff is going, then it tapers <laughs> off. Then it gets going again, then it tapers off. And you just quit cold turkey. You just stop. I you... just, I, yeah, I pulled back. You know, I had been doing that. And now, again, in retrospect, I realize that doesn't make for a, 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 a prosperous career. And, you know, in, in, in certain ways, you know, um, yeah, just in certain ways it doesn't. You know, you lose ground, people forget who you are, or you're kind of you're starting over again, and, you know, and that thing, and, you know. Well, ladies and gentlemen, do me a favor. Please welcome Dwayne Kennedy. Oh, Dwayne. I feel good, too. Thanks for asking. I've been reading the Bible, uh, and this is what I have learned is two things that they talk about in the Bible a lot. Wine and stuff that's hard to believe. So where, where did you stand in that Def Jam period? I mean, I was there at the beginning, obviously, but I did not. I wasn't a Def Jam comedian because I, I came up. And this is, I won't even, I'm, I'm not even saying it, this is just a fact. And in some ways, maybe to my, I won't say to my detriment, but this goes back to, the, I guess, the way, you know, just socially and the, my socialization. Because when I started at Zany's, I started at predominantly white clubs. And I would do some, like Showtime the Power, black, obviously all black folks. But I never did a whole lot of black clubs, predominantly black clubs coming up. So I wasn't comfortable with it. I was afraid of it, honestly. I can uh, – let's see if this is similar because I'm in the same case with yeah. my comedy. Uh-huh. And I feel like a lot of my jokes are based off of making white crowds a little uncomfortable. Exactly. <laughs> Which is <laughs> Which is don't, that's, an, that's an honorable profession. <laughs> that's an honorable pursuit, Tim. And you keep that up. You keep that up, brother. Okay. Yeah, that's a noble pursuit. But – and and I still wrestle with this to this day. You you never want to not be of a group and not be able to talk to that group and not and not talk to them out of fear. You don't want to do something, not do something based on your choice to do it, not because you're afraid to do it yeah. or not do it. So I said that to say that. And I would do I would do some black shows. I mean, shows with predominantly black folks sometimes. Pardon me. Um, but I didn't do it regularly. Which I should have. But, you know, sometimes, you know, black folks can be harsh. Tim, I don't know if you've heard. You know, they love you when they love you. But yeah. if they don't love you, yeah, they want to kill you. Yeah, you can you. feel it. Yeah. yeah. Again, my psyche was not strong enough to handle that. <laughs> you know, I got a fragile psyche, Tim. But did you have opportunities to do Def Jam? Because I feel like you would be, you would be the, the different act on the show. You would be like that, that one act that's, oh, this one's a little different. Yeah. Um, I, I certainly probably could have done it. But I just didn't, you know, I just did not, man. I was I was afraid to do it. And that's what it comes down to. And I always used to rationalize, well, you know, because uh, <laughs> the, uh, I have these jokes that, you know, uh, oh, man. Well, I've heard Chris Rock talk about it, too. Chris Rock wasn't necessarily a Def Jam comedy. He wasn't either. either. He, no, he was not either. Um, Chris got blacker as he as he became more famous. You know, yeah. I mean, in the sense, in the vernacular, black, and your references and your, yeah. your aesthetic, whatever. He was always black, <laughs> but and like I'm always black, you're always black. Huh? But you, I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah. But no, that Chris wasn't a Def Jam comedian, man. And yeah, I guess I could, if I had more guts, I could have been the different guy. 
I was all I was thinking was, yeah, I'll be the different guy, the different guy that gets chased and booed. <laughs> Remember that different guy? Yeah, we hated his guts. I never would have assumed that there's so much uh, fear. There's so so much you 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 have this nervousness about it. Oh man! Because one of the things I've noticed in your specials, your Showtime special, for instance, mm-hmm. I've never seen someone chew gum. On yeah, stage. that wasn't good. <laughs> but you pulled it off. I'm trying to be all Jimi Hendrix. <laughs> You I'm pulled it up. That was something I've never seen anybody do before. I've never seen another comic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you try to do things to try to, you know, present yourself as a uh, iconoclast and a rebel. And look at me. I don't. I don't go by the rules. Look, I'm up here chewing gum. And then you look at it. You know, some years later, it's like, man, I look like a horse. That looks stupid. We'll be right back with more. It's all true after the break. And when we return, you'll hear Dwayne Kennedy's headline for a funny personal true story. What's it about? Here's a clip. Yeah, that's how long ago Chris Rock needed a ride home. <laughs> yeah, this is back before he's rich and famous. <laughs> Want to see Dwayne live? He has a New Year's Eve show December 31st at the Madison Street Theater in Oak Park, Illinois. For more information on the show, look up Charismatic Comedy on Eventbrite.com. More Dwayne Kennedy after the break. Hey, Monica, we've been making WBEZ's food podcast, Chewing the Fat, for more than a year now. And in that time, we've racked up a lot of neutral endorsements, like this one from anchorman and rancher Bill Curtis. It's fun to listen to two women chew the fat. That's exactly what Louisa and Monica do. Listen to new episodes of our food podcast each Thursday at WBEZ.org slash Chewing the Fat. Hello, welcome back to the show. I'm your host, Tim Barnes. In each episode, I ask a guest to reveal a headline for a funny, true story. This week's guest is comedian Dwayne Kennedy. Here's his headline. The unintentional psychic. The inadvertent psychic. Uh, (laughs) Inadvertently insightful. Inadvertent insight. (laughs) Have you ever had experiences where, like, you've done things, or maybe you're, are you psychic? No, no, I'm not psychic. Okay. Yeah. Now, I, I ask that because, you know, some people, like, like I say, have you ever had done things that that were inadvertently psychic? Have you ever gotcha. had that? Yeah, I've had, yeah, I think so. Moments like that. Yes, moments. Okay. I'll tell you one ties back into one time in New York at the comic strip. Me, Lance, and Chris. We're all at the comic strip, and Chris needs a ride home. This is that, which, which Chris are we talking Chris about? Chris Rock. Chris Rock, okay. Yeah, Chris Rock. I'm probably the best comic you'll see tonight. Yeah, that's how long ago Chris Rock needed a ride home. <laughs> yeah, this is back before he's rich and famous. <laughs> and so Lance had a car. And so me, you know, we're out there. So he said, hey, man, give me a ride home. So Lance said, yeah, I can give you a ride home. How far do you live? And we're in Manhattan. We're at the comic strip up on, I think it's on 3rd. Where was 2nd? I can't remember. And so Chris says, oh, I don't live that far. And I jokingly said, yeah, 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 you don't live, yeah, we, we probably, yeah, we only have to take you to Decatur. <laughs> Just joking, right? Yeah, but I'm thinking, Decatur, Illinois, that's how far you live, you yeah. know, exactly how, you know, because I was that far, you know, cats always say that, and you wanted to take them like 30 million miles. Yeah. I thought you said, okay, so that, that was just joking about how far you live. So we're in the car, taking Chris to the crib. Now, I didn't know this at all, didn't know where Chris stayed, anything. Get to his house, where does he live? So-and-so, so-and-so. Decatur Street. <laughs> oh man. Okay. 
Or one time I'm on stage. This happened to me twice, but this is the time I distinctly remember. I'm on stage at the Comedy Cafe in Milwaukee. And I'm riffing with the crowd back and forth, talking this and that and that, so and so and so. And I'm making fun of this, this cat in, front of, in the front row. And his, his girlfriend's sitting there. And I'm just joking. I said, and she said, she, she, she's, I'm, I'm, I'm embodying her. And she's saying to him, oh, Tim, I love the way you told that guy off. Just joking. <laughs> you know, made this guy. After the show, cat comes up to me. Hey, man, how'd you know my name was Tim? Whoa. I didn't, sir. Now, please leave. <laughs> and that, that's happened to me twice. I can't remember the other time, but it was, again, riffing with somebody in the crowd. Just say a name randomly. <laughs> hey, man, that's my name. Do you believe that some people look like a name? Like, you can look at, well, maybe that's what happened. That looks like a Tim somewhere in your head. Sometimes. I think sometimes that's true. <laughs> I, I think, like, again, as, as people become more blended, maybe that's less true. Hmm. You know, but perhaps. Well, what do you think? Do you think that? I think so. Yeah. Sometimes you see people, their name doesn't match. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Like, yeah. Do you think you match your name? I think so. Do you think you don't think I do? What do I look like? Oh man, you don't look like a Tim. Okay, but I don't know. <laughs> Claude, not a- <laughs> that's crazy. Why? My grandpa's name is Claude. See, what I'm saying that's nuts. That's what I do, brother. That's what I do. I'm here to fascinate as well as enlighten. That seriously blew. Me away. That's crazy. That's what I'm saying, so I don't know. (laughs) I've had people say, I've had somebody, yo, you're psychic. I'll tell you who's psychic. Okay. W. Kamau Bell (laughs) is psychic. His mother told me this one time when we first met years ago. And his mother's so cool, man. Uh, Janet Cheatham Bell. She's got books and stuff. Look her up. Google her. (laughs) Buy her stuff. (laughs) She's great. But she told me this. She said Kamau is psychic. But not like, oh, he sits down and gets a vision. Yeah. But almost like inadvertently. It's stuff like that. And he, she, he told me that. She told me that. Okay, fine. But we'd hang out sometimes, and he would just be talking. And he would say something that I had been thinking. <laughs> like, oh, man. I mean, I'm telling you, Tim, like, this has happened, like, at least, like, five times. You know, a number more times a day, there's just coincidence, like, huh? I said, man, you know, your mother told me you were psychic. I see what she's talking about. <laughs> yeah. And that's the show. For more information on Dwayne Kennedy, I don't know, look him up on Wikipedia. That's the best you can do. Also, the last time you can see him live in 2014 is for his New Year's Eve show, December 31st at the Madison Street Theater in Oak Park, Illinois. For more information, look up Charismatic Comedy on Eventbrite.com. It's All True is a production of WBEZ Chicago and The Whiskey Journal. The show is produced by me, I, myself, Patrick Burns, Iris Lynn, Joe Dassault, and me, Tim Barnes. Next week on It's All True, I talk to comedian Candy Lawrence. I was never that person that was like, I've watched Paula Poundstone from like... When I was eight, you know, (laughs) I never watched stand-up, but I was like, I'm funny. I know it. If you dig the show, please tell other people about it and rate and review it on iTunes. It's a big help, and it means so much. My Twitter handle is TimBarnes451, and follow the show at All True Podcast. This is Tim Barnes signing off saying, I believe in you.